You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show. I'm Brent, and today I'd like to share an introduction on the topic of Kundalini. The following is an audio clip. It's taken from a video that I uploaded to my YouTube channel entitled Kundalini Awakening, the Evolutionary Force. This is a talk that I was inspired to give spontaneously, and encoded in the words is a transmission of Kundalini energy, a radiance, if you will. If you're in a position on your path where you're open, sensitive, and if it's the right time for you, you may begin to feel something stirring up within you. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback, thoughts, and questions. Send me a line. But for now, enjoy the clip. There are some species on the planet that undergo what can be considered an evolution within one particular lifetime. What I'm referring to are the species like butterflies and moths. Typically our understanding of evolution is that over many different generations, a species, through the process of natural selection, is able to adapt to its circumstances and evolve one generation may produce offspring which may have a different genetic structure a genetic makeup and then that offspring may grow up to have its own offspring and so on and this is how the process of evolution and natural selection takes place over thousands and millions of years, over countless generations. However, like I mentioned, there are some species that undergo an evolution in only one lifetime. We can think of moths and butterflies that come about as a result of the larvae, for example, a caterpillar entering into the cocoon, going through a death and rebirth cycle, and then coming about as a butterfly. In some respects, you can say that the caterpillar has experienced an evolution into the butterfly. What's interesting is that the human being is just like the caterpillar in this way. Many of us understand that evolution takes place over many, many generations, but few have considered that perhaps, like the butterfly, we too are able to evolve within this very lifetime that we have. Well, I propose that this is the case. And I can explain a little bit more about my ideas, about this idea that we are able to evolve into a new form 
into something beyond just the human being in this very life. The essential factor in this process involves what for most people is a dormant force at the base of the spine called Kundalini. In most people, this force lies dormant, coiled up at the base of the spine. And once awakened, if awakened at all, it begins the evolutionary process of the human being. Kundalini is most commonly spoken about in yoga schools that come out of India. However, throughout the world, throughout history, there are mentions of it. There is an understanding of it. And it's, for better or for worse, been kept esoteric, kept very secret from the majority of people. But today, with the grace of the internet, and with the expansion of consciousness that's happening at such a faster and faster rate, this idea of Kundalini seems to have been slowly entering the mainstream. So when a baby is conceived, Consciousness begins to form the fetus into, finally, a full baby. Once that process is complete, there is a particular amount of energy or force that is, in some sense, considered extra. Rather than being discarded, it's tucked away in the base of the spine of that baby. In the hopes that maybe one day that energy will be tapped into, aroused, awakened, and activated so that that baby can continue on its evolutionary journey, becoming more than just a human being, becoming a divine human being. So when the Kundalini is awakened, it kicks off an evolutionary process within the human body, within the human mind, and within the human spirit. This is a very, very vast topic. It's a very mysterious topic but it's not completely unheard of. In Western psychology, one of the founding figures of the entire movement of Western psychology, Carl Jung, he acknowledged the Kundalini and he was one of the first to bring the idea to the Western discussion, if you will.
So th though this may sound like something super far out there, if you do your research, you can find that it's, it's all over the place. So the human being is able to evolve within one lifetime with the awakening of Kundalini. So what happens when this energy is aroused? What happens when this energy is awakened? Well, what happens is that it rises from the base of the spine. And at varying paces for each individual, it makes its way up the spinal column, activating each of the chakras along the way. Chakras being energy centers along the base, along the spine, corresponding with various organs in the body. So that kundalini force rises up the spine, activating each of the chakras, purging them, purifying them, upgrading them. Finally, if the process is supported by the individual, that kundalini energy, that kundalini force reaches the top of the head in which it awakens and activates the crown, allowing a human being to realize their divinity and to begin to embody that divinity in this life while still remaining as a human being, completing that major initial stage of the evolutionary process of the human being. Now I say it completing, it completes that major initial evolutionary stage because the evolution of the spirit, which is not separate from the human body, never truly comes to a finale. So you may be wondering then, well, well, if this kundalini force lies within me, maybe you can entertain that. You may be wondering, well, how can I awaken it or activate it? How can I begin this process of my own particular evolutionary journey? Well, there are certain practices that can be done to rouse this force. There are different processes you will, one of them being Shaktipat initiation, in which an activated, self-realized human being that's gone through the Kundalini process is able to then transmit that energy to another person, either activating that energy, meaning stirring it, stimulating it, or fully awakening it in a, in a human being, in another person. Shaktipat can be given directly by a spiritual master in that way. It can also be given indirectly, just by hanging around in the presence of a master. You can experience it 
through reading the works of a spiritual master, by looking at a photo, over a video. There are many ways that this, this force, this energy can be transmitted from one master to initiates. There are also some ways that you yourself can actively work to rouse this energy with breath work, with certain yogic asanas, bandhas, and pranayama, poses, body locks, and breathing techniques. However, personally, I don't advise that one actively seeks out to awaken this energy, this force. The reason that I don't advise that is because when this force begins to move through the body, it doesn't just rise from the base of the spine up to the top of the head, opening the, opening the crown and connecting the aspirant with the divine, allowing them to realize their divine nature and then embody it. It doesn't just happen in a very linear, smooth and easy process like that. Kundalini can bring great, great challenge to one that begins to work with it. When Kundalini is awakened, a person must go through many different initiations, most notably on the emotional level, before the energy, the force can continue up the base of the spine. So when I mentioned earlier about each chakra being activated and purified, what I was referring to is that energy, that force is like a flood. When it's unleashed, it moves up the base of the spine, pushing forth all of the dormant suppressed trauma that's stored in each chakra to the surface of the aspirant's awareness so that it can be observed with unconditional loving awareness and then released. This is where meditation truly can be seen as the most powerful practice of all time. Because through the power of meditation, we're able to work with this Kundalini force and transform our system releasing all of the past conditioning, all of the fears, all of the outdated obsolete beliefs and ways of operating that we've been allowing to run our lives up until this point, many of which have truly served us. But just like the little legs on a caterpillar at a certain point no longer serve that, that entity, and it's got to let those little legs go, in the same way we too have to also give up our conditioning, our fears, our beliefs. Give up our ideas of separation, of being just a little me in the body, in the world here. We've got to give all that up. And that can be a painful process, 
just like when a caterpillar enters the cocoon, seals itself up, and then in a way melts into a goop, into a slime, before being reconfigured, reconstructed into a butterfly. It's very similar in the way that one experiences the kundalini process. So it's for that reason that I don't recommend that anybody actively seeks out awakening this energy. Instead, what I recommend is that a person practices just sitting in meditation and being with the breath. In doing so, they allow their nervous system to relax. And once the nervous system reaches a certain baseline of relaxation, if the time is right, according to divine will, that kundalini force will begin to rise. Yoga is very, very popular here in the West. But there is no yoga without kundalini. Though kundalini may be a very esoteric topic, shrouded in mysticism, a lot of confusion. It's the most essential force in all of spirituality. And without it, there is no yoga, there is no enlightenment, there is no self-realization. So it's important that if this topic has come into your paradigm, if you feel drawn to this idea, entertain it. And then just be with the breath. And allow that force to do its thing. Because it is infinitely intelligent in the same way that your body knows how to digest all different types of food. In the same way that your body knows how to beat the heart, to heal a cut, to grow your hair. It's the same intelligence that belongs to the Kundalini. So it's not necessary that one actively tries to control or manipulate the kundalini. That would be like one trying to actively do something about digesting the food in their belly. It's not necessary. In fact, it could lead to some problems. So instead, if one begins to work with kundalini, if one is graced by that divine force, what's recommended that they just allow it to guide and lead the evolutionary process along, surrendering to it completely, acknowledging its power, acknowledging its purpose, 
and in doing so, when the time is right, Kundalini will take you by the hand all the way to the divine, which is already what you are.